Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. I think it's, it is trying to do that detective work for that individual and figure out that right plan for them because everyone is an individual. And to just expect that you can say, here you go, here's a piece of paper, follow this. Um, it's, it, it, you really need someone to listen to the person, the individual, to hear what is going on with them and to sort of dive down and, and do that detective work like FDN does. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive podcast. My name is Fallon Morningstar, and this should be the last time I'm filling in for health coach Ev as he is currently away due to wisdom tooth surgery. In this episode, Ev talked to Leslie Perrin, who is an absolute wealth of knowledge. When you hear her bio, you will see why this is the case. Leslie Perrin is a board-certified functional wellness coach, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, licensed ecclesiastical holistic practitioner, health coach, and registered nurse. With 40 years of nursing experience, as well as certifications in nursing, oncology, gluten sensitivity, emotional freedom technique, and essential oils, Leslie's mission to, is to help physically active, motivated midlife individuals who are struggling with chronic pain and losing confidence in their body to naturally reversing pain and finding peace so they can live their lives to their fullest. Leslie's helped clients identify their potential healing opportunities through functional lab testing, analysis, and individualized natural healing protocols. Coaching sessions address client-centered health goals related to diet, rest, stress reduction, and supplementation strategies. Leslie's personal experience overcoming challenges with autoimmune disease and arthritis pain, as well as nursing experience with helping patients with chronic pain, has inspired her journey to help others overcome their health challenges more naturally. Her mission is to move others from pain to peace so they can feel better, less pain, move better, less inflammation, and live better, a more active, engaged life. We are especially excited to share this conversation with you all, as Leslie is the exact type of person we like in our world. She was someone who understands the benefits of both the Western and functional side of things, and when to use both appropriately. Get out your notebooks, because you'll definitely learn a thing or two in this show. Now let's get to the interview. Hey there, Leslie. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, Evan, I'm certainly really excited to be here uh, with you today and to um, share with your audience um, all around why I became so interested in becoming a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Awesome. And I always say, because I do a few things for FDN, as you know, but this is one of my favorite jobs for them because this is a recreational activity to, activity to me, to be honest. I love hearing these stories. It is inspiring to me. It's empowering. And I always learn a thing or two. So um, not much more I can ask for. So I'm glad that we get to bring that to other people. And we will start this podcast just like we start them all. 
I am curious about either health issues that you dealt with or maybe family members. And the reason I say that is because I have yet to meet the person in the functional health space that did not deal with their own health issues or family ones. So tell us about which that was, if that is relevant to you, which I'm going to assume it is. Um, and when did those conditions kind of start? Yeah, well, it's it's true. I think everyone does have their own uh, personal story, and and of course, you usually relate to those people um, that have similar stories um, because you want to understand from their experiences how they got through whatever has impacted them. And certainly, um, I've come a long way on my own personal health journey, and have had uh, family members that have had similar um, experiences to mine. And uh, I've really been all about how can I help not only myself, but help others, including my family members, um, to get through their journey and um, and be as well as possible. And so, um, you know, as a, I, I was always a very active person um, and uh, I grew up you know, figure skating many hours every day, um, riding dirt bikes and doing snowmobiles and things like that. And so my body took kind of a beating. And um, while I ate pretty well until I got to college, um, I actually ended up having um, a surgical procedure and that sort of set me back uh, a little bit. I couldn't do the activities I was used to. And then I went to college and then my food intake went by the wayside and I went through the sort of roller coaster of weight um, uh, back and forth. And so got back on track um, when I was having children and I happened to have four um, lovely children. But um, uh, being a busy mom working full time, um, my husband traveled a lot. Um, it was a very it became pretty stressful. And so um, I ended up um, experiencing thyroid disease in my late 30s. Um, and um, was very frustrated in going through the traditional medical uh, realm with endocrinologists. Uh, I was taking um, traditional um, medication, Synthroid, uh, for my hypothyroidism. And, and actually, uh, my diagnosis was somewhat frustrating because it took my OB to diagnose the disease. Um, my uh, physician just told me I was um, anxious which was really interesting because I said, well, I don't feel anxious. <laughs> so I'm busy, but I don't feel anxious. And so um, I lived with that frustration for many years. And uh, it took a while for me to get diagnosed uh, with my hypothyroidism, actually through my OB. And then when I went to the endocrinologist, um, uh, I, I was frustrated because I continued to have symptoms and I just got the same old, well, your thyroid results are fine. You look, you know, you're fine. So um, where that led me is I thought, you know, I really got to figure out what's happening here. And so I tested myself. I uh, became interested. Um, I knew my family members had a history of hypothyroidism. Um, my uh, mom and um, that, that was autoimmune disease was in my family. And so I decided um, to get myself um, tested for gluten sensitivity and actually found out that um, I had two genes that were positive for gluten sensitivity. And so then I eliminated gluten from my diet and I begin, began to stabilize my weight um, and uh, felt much, much better. 
And so then I studied uh, becoming a gluten-free practitioner to learn more about how could I better manage my diet and learn more about gluten-free diets to do that. Uh, and then, lo and behold, I um, developed some um, – I thought, okay, I'm on this health journey. Um, I had learned that mercury dental amalgams were not very healthful, and so I decided to get those removed, and that was before I knew that I really needed to go to a holistic practitioner to do that. And so um, my own dentist was somewhat frustrated, um, and it was, of course, an out-of-pocket expense for me to get those removed. Um, but I thought that was the thing I needed to do to continue on my health journey. And uh, interestingly, within, I'd say, a month, I had um, of what had never happened to me before, I experienced a significant flare of arthritis in my feet. And uh, I was very frustrated because it was very unpredictable for me. Some days I could move. Some days I could hardly get out of the car or walk. And um, it was it was very unpredictable. So um, I d decided I needed to uncover what might be happening uh, in this. And I thought I need to study more about functional medicine. And I had been for a few years interested in on my own learning about functional medicine, but um, I became a functional medicine health coach. And, um, and that in itself, um, that particular area of study, um, I was more focused on coaching and diet, and I really enjoyed that piece. But um, the nurse and me for over 40 years really thought, you know, there's got to be more here. And I landed on uh, the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner Program, and that was so exciting for me because I could really do the testing um, on my own personal experience to then figure out, oh, what is it really that is at the, the root of my issues and where do I really need to focus? Because even though I've focused on gluten and I've improved my diet, I'm still experiencing um, some symptoms here. And so um, that was a really um, great thing for me. And I uncovered um, a lot of um, interesting things in my journey through the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner course, um, which really has led me to where I am now. This is amazing because one of my favorite things is when people mix the best of both worlds with the Western and Eastern side of things. And I give a lot of props. You know, you're in nursing for a while, uh, RN, right? And then you're willing to come to this. And you said the you said something specific. The nurse in you for 40 years knew there had to be something more. Well, I'm really curious, Leslie, because no, not every nurse would know there's something more. And I know plenty of people in the Western medicine space, especially the longer they've been in it, that would be very much in that paradigm of treating the symptoms or treating the paperwork and whatever results they get is what they get. So I am curious. I mean, what, what was it really that made you consider even the holistic route? Like, 
there's a lot of people, unfortunately, and I'm, I want to talk to both sides here just so people know I'm not biased with this. There's plenty of natural people who hate on Western, which is unfair, and plenty of Western who hate on natural. But I know that's really the majority of both a lot of the times. Like a ton of Western medicine practitioners or nurses really aren't down with the whole functional side of things. So where did you have that or where did that open mindedness come from? Like, did you have some kind of influence in your life that showed you, hey, maybe this is something to do? Because I, again, I just really don't know many people that would be willing to go that route having been a nurse for so long. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to summarize it. But you can always uh, cut me off. Well, so interestingly, when I was uh, 16 and I had that surgical procedure on my knee where it sort of prevented me from going back to my skating hours and hours every day, um, I had a nurse who um, really listened to me when I was having uh, pain. And um, everybody else sort of ignored it and didn't pay attention. And so um, that impressed me and really helped me want to become a nurse. And when I um, and so um, going into nursing, I really focused on some very high, high end care. Um, so for 40 years, I was in the realm of transplant medicine, um, cancer care, um, blood and marrow transplant, uh, palliative care. I actually did research, nursing research in the area of pain um, and utilizing some very significant opioid pain medications and trying to develop algorithms. Algorithms, which I actually published an algorithm to help reduce um, uh, uh, to, and taper um, opioids when patients were starting to heal. And, and so this was really focusing on people who were really sick. And as I transitioned in my career later, um, and before I just recently retired from nursing, I thought, you know, I really want to not just help uh, myself through um, my own personal experiences, but I want to help people even get to where they're so sick that they're ending up having to have organ transplants or significant uh, toxic cancer chemotherapy, or their pain is so bad they have to rely on um, very toxic um, and uh, potentially dangerous opioids. And, um, and so I became interested in other ways, for example, to address pain. Um, I studied um, essential oils and became an essential oil coach. I was really looking into other multimodal therapies, um, tapping and other um, um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, and other things that could help people aside from just relying on medication. And in my experiencing um, managing our palliative care team, um, I was very impressed by um, some of the discipline, multidisciplines who really were not just focused on all about the medication. Uh, but trying to help people through their experience. And in those cases, obviously, people were in significant pain and some were at the end of life to disease. Uh, I really felt it was important to figure out how, how I could become more uh, towards the realm of holistic nursing. And so I joined the Holistic Nursing Association and started to learn more about uh, ways in which um, you can help people that don't necessarily require the pill for a real. Wow. The Holistic Nursing Association. I've never even heard of that. I love it. Um, well, I have huge respect for you. And I think it is practitioners like yourself that are really going to be the future because this is where the gap gets bridged, right? You're 
you could speak to both parties, you could speak both languages, and you could say, hey, here's the best from this side, here's the best from this. Rather than keep fighting each other, let's just use both of those at the appropriate time so we get the best clinical outcomes for the client, the patient, whoever, right? So a lot of respect there. I think that's um, incredible. Now, when you're getting into the more let's call it the functional space or natural side of things, whatever, are you finding that you know, you're know you actually really getting some good relief for the first time in your life? Or did that become another kind of bumpy road thing where there were still plenty of trial and error? Like It's not always something we just jump into and everything's perfect from day one. Like, What was your experience like? Well, I think it's a journey. And I, um, I truly, um, I think part of one of the challenges, and I think for your audience, it's really important to understand that health is a journey. Um, the, the taking a pill and expecting an immediate fix or doing a surgical procedure and expecting immediate fix, um, you know, those things um, may not be really addressing the root cause of the problem. And so people can end up in an even more difficult situation later down the road. And, and in my case, I did not want steroids. I did not want surgery um, for my uh, arthritis. Um, I did, uh, however, uh, I did do cell therapy for my own stem cells. Um, to help me through my healing process, along with making changes to my diet and addressing some of the um, food sensitivities and the gut dysbiosis that I found uh, through my testing uh, through FDN. Um, so I think it's, it, it is trying to do that detective work for that individual and figure out that right plan for them because everyone is an individual. And to just expect that you can say, here you go, here's a piece of paper, follow this. Um, it's it, it, You really need someone to listen to the person, the individual, to hear what is going on with them and to sort of dive down and, and do that detective work like FDN does to really figure out, you know, in that person's individual case, what is going on. What might be behind why they're having more pain or inflammation or discomfort, and um, and then trying to work with them um, with those holistic healing protocols uh, to help move them forward. And it's not a matter of you just do it and and you're done. For many people, it takes patience, it takes time, it takes those baby steps um, to really help move yourself forward in, in a direction, and it's really important important as a, a health coach to really help those clients um, understand that they are making progress, that it's not a quick fix, um, and that it is a journey and to help them recognize when they're making those steps and they're finding those improvements, no matter how small and how they're feeling. Very well said. And I think the way I like to describe it to people is, you know, if we're cutting vegetables in the kitchen and we accidentally get ourselves with the knife or a pair of scissors or whatever, that the fact that that heals without us telling it to heal or, you know, being like, all right, cut, it's time for you to, you know, get better now, that proves the innate healing ability of the body. And it's not an overnight thing, right? If I get like a nasty little cut, assuming it doesn't need stitches or something, that's going to take still a little bit to heal. So 
we understand the innate healing ability of the body exists. And how the heck can we possibly expect that to just happen overnight if we've been chronically ill for years, unintentionally, or maybe not so unintentionally, abusing the body with bad foods, excessive alcohol, or God knows what, right? So it does take time. And that is not a bad thing. It's something that we should be hopeful for. Um, because we know this is going to work. It's just going to take some effort. And I got to let the body do what it is supposed to do. So I apologize if I missed this, the specifics of this. But what was it exactly that led you to FDN? Did you know someone involved with it? Like, how did you find functional diagnostic nutrition specifically? Hey, you know, that's interesting. Um, I um, assume I, I, like I had shared, uh, I had been very interested in functional medicine. So I was um, listening to many podcasts um, and programs. And as you know, you listen to one, then you usually get invited to others. And so this was a process <laughs> of, of years while I was still in my nursing career of, of really trying to understand that. And how I specifically got to FDN, I, I actually don't recall. I, I'm sure it's probably through... Uh, um, you know, just listening to these and, and seeing these people as FDNs and being able to do that testing, which I thought, oh, this is more than I've studied before in functional medicine. This is really where I think the ticket is and where um, I it would help me to go. And so, yeah, I can't I can't necessarily say a person told me um, I sort of landed on FDN on my own. And when I saw the information about FDN and I actually called because the people are so helpful um, when you call, um, it was it was just it was like a light bulb went off. I thought this is where I need to go. I that's so cool. Have you met um, Jen Maleka yet or at least heard of her? I know Jen because I participated in many of Jen's programs. (laughs) So yes, I was, I was Um, at instant messenger, I think today. So nice. Jen was out in a coffee shop presenting in San Diego about four years ago now, almost to the day. And that what the feeling that you just described of just knowing that this was the thing that you were supposed to do is exactly how I felt. I was, you know, watching her just, I mean, She's clearly so well-versed in this topic and talking about real healing, you know? I mean, she's like, I had this going on and that, and my body is better now. She looked healthy. She had tons of energy. She's up in front of the room rattling stuff off. I'm like, this is what I need to be doing. Um, And it certainly was the correct thing to do. It helped me tremendously. When did you end up uh, graduating the course? Uh, I believe it was June of 2020. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was relatively recently and uh, I've been very excited. So I participated more in the courses that Jen has been taking or offering and, um, really wanting to figure out how that I can help share my story, um, so that, uh, people who can resonate with that story and that journey that I've been through can have some confidence that they too can take advantage of, um, a health coach at FDN and really figure out how they can get themselves set on the right path 
to healing. And so, uh, yeah, it's just been so exciting for me to be in this place right now. And uh, I really resonated with your um, analogy before about the cut. And and just if, if for those out, out there that don't know, it can take 10, 20, 30 years to develop an autoimmune disease. And so uh, by um, there is time, to, whether you have a disease or um, you haven't been, you've been eating the standard American diet and haven't been taking your care of yourself, there is hope that you can, through um, participating in this program, uh, really figure out how you can transform your health and get well. Cool. When you went through the FDN course and you're getting some of these labs back, because obviously, I mean, you're pretty well versed in in many areas before getting into this. And it's relatively recent, like you said, that you graduated. Was there anything on the labs, though, that you found to be maybe surprising or still something that you needed to work on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. And I think what what's in, what might be helpful for people to know is, you know, not everything is going to, uh, when you find in your test results, are you going to feel it in your gut, for example? You may not have a stomach pain. People say, well, I feel fine. Well, do they really feel fine? I mean, this is part of, of trying to go through people's um, history and seeing, you know, people sometimes, I think today, they think they feel fine, but they have, they really have a lot of opportunity to get well, they may not be sleeping well, etc. And in my case, I was, um, for example, um, living on six hours of sleep. Um, I was uh, had a very busy work and family life, and uh, I did. But I've, what I found out, some of it did surprise me. I had no idea I had um, uh, some overgrowth, what's called dysbiosis, in my um, gut, um, and so my stool tests revealed some very interesting information of um, overgrowth and bacteria. And um, I also had um, an organism called H. pylori, which I think you indicated. That um, has been shared before on this program, um, and uh, and found that I also had some really high markers of, of inflammation, and so um, on that particular test, and so it was really consistent. I think with the fact that um, I had this experience of pain and inflammation, um, I also found uh, through my test results that I was not digesting and absorbing nutrients as well as I needed to, and that I had some food sensitivities that I had no clue that I had. I had food sensitivities to walnuts and, you know, uh, acetaminophen, not that I took, and the funny thing is, is I don't even take, I I have for years not taken Advil or any over-the-counter medication. I avoid that and and use other substances, but I found that I was um, uh, very sensitive to acetaminophen. Um, and uh, lentils and a number of things, cantaloupe, things that I had no, uh, things I knew, I knew I had corn sensitivity because I did have digestive issues when I had that. But there were certainly things that I had absolutely no clue that I was sensitive to. And so it really helped me understand what things I needed to eliminate from my my diet um, and what things I needed to do um, to correct that dysbiosis um, and get my gut bacteria rebalanced. And um, and I, I was very pleased with the fact that um, I felt tremendously better and was um, able to um, really significantly um, reduce um, my arthritis through this pathway. 
Oh, that's I love testimonials like that. So it's very cool because I know arthritis. I mean, I've never dealt with that, but from what I've seen, it can be a really big pain in the butt. You know, that's not something <laughs> we want to be dealing with. And yeah, what you were referring to there is the MRT food sensitivity test. So it's something we use in the course. It's something we use in the FDN Thrive program. And we love that test. And certainly, you know, if we can avoid it, it is wonderful to never, um, you know, force clients to be using ibuprofen or acetaminophen, which is like Advil and Tylenol for those out there listening respectively. But I actually really like that section because as you know, some of the people that you're working with, especially what you've seen as a nurse, they could be doing everything right in the world with the natural side of things. But if they're too new to it, they might still be in a lot of pain. And I love that section of the test just to figure out, hey, maybe the Advil is a better choice in your case because you know you don't really react to this from an immune perspective. Because unfortunately, both of those medications are completely toxic in their own ways, right? You got one that destroys the heck out of the gut and can cause ulcers, and you got one that damages the liver. Um, so it's like pick your poison, right? <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And and I think that's why this detective work is so helpful because um, even as a nurse, you'd say, well, you should probably know some of these things, but you don't because your symptoms may be removed. Uh, it's not, they're not necessarily immediate to after eating something, or they may be very obscure and you don't really, cause you're not necessarily having diarrhea or vomiting or nausea or any, cause it's not necessarily an allergy. It's a sensitivity. And so yes. um, it, it's, I think important for people to know that um, there are things that may surprise them uh, when they do some of the testing that could be excellent. Helpful. And the long run, if they are eliminating those uh, foods they're sensitive to. One of the things we always like to do here, and, and we talked about this before the podcast recording, is just give people one or two golden nuggets to leave with, something that they can learn about. And you don't even realize it yet, but you hit on something perfect because we haven't touched on this in the podcast yet. You talked about some inflammatory markers that you found on the same test that found the H. pylori. So I'm going to take a wild guess that you might be referring to calprotectin on the GI map or maybe even possibly another marker. Is that correct? Uh, the calprotectin, yes, was um, was uh, quite um, high, and um, and so yes, that was um, one of the markers of inflammation that um, showed up for me, and um, I think it's 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 important to. Um, understand that those tests don't just show the the dysbiosis, but they also show um, potential markers of inflammation. All right, cool. So this would be a good time to maybe, you know, to the degree that you're able and willing um, to the for the audience kind of summarize this calprotectin thing, because we have never mentioned that once. And it is, in fact, something that can be used to basically measure inflammation in the gut. Um, so what is calprotectin actually? And, you know, what does it mean when it's high? And did you, were you able to figure out why yours was high? Like, were you able to correlate that at all? So I know I just asked like three different questions. So I'll keep this simple and just give us some information on calprotectin, please, for those that have never heard about it, maybe. <laughs> well, I think calprotectin, and I mean, you can certainly um, also, um, it, it's, it's really, it helps uh, as a marker of active inflammation in your body. And, and sometimes people with inflammatory 
bowel disease also have high levels of um, calprotectin. Um, and um, by situation, I know that I have a family history. I have people in my family who have Crohn's disease or IBS and things like that. So I think that's important. But I also had the arthritis. Um, uh, and so um, that showed up that calprotectin is uh, pretty high in um, my, my stool specimen. And also bacteria, which I had, um, and can also um, uh, create that inflammation um, and uh, result in a, in a high kelp protectant, as I understand it. Got it. Yeah, I've even seen um, times where people come in and they have so many things going on in their gut that you would think would be causing large amounts of inflammation, but it's like their body just can't keep up. And usually these are the same people with a low, what's called a secretory IgA marker or a SIGA marker, um, another you know thing that has to do with immune function. And it's like, oh, this should be higher, but you've been dealing with this so long uh, that those things are just tanked. So I'm curious, just for like anecdotal purposes, was your SIG A, do you remember? Was that like in range, high or low? Where was that at? I'm pretty sure my SIG A, I'm um, trying to remember if I if I know what my SIG A was. I don't believe it was out of, too out of whack, but um, I actually had several um, several tests. I had uh, done one, um, which interestingly, the original one showed um, uh, uh, that I had C. difficile, and I obviously eradicated that because that was not present in my second testing. And they were, I'd say, maybe um, about a, a year apart. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think um, those uh, those can be helpful. I'm just trying to see if I have. Um, I am. <laughs> oh, what are you pulling it up? Yeah, I'm pulling. I'm pulling it up. Um, I'm just trying to see <laughs> if I. Um, I don't know why I don't. Ooh, this is fun on the FDA Thrive yeah. podcast. Yeah. Pulling up yes. lab results. I love it. Yeah, pulling up. So yes, it was. It was within normal limits. So. Um, yeah, it's it's. Um, I had a high um, beta glucuronidase, but I had a um, within normal limits, about mid range within normal limits, uh, secretory IgA. But my calprotectin was um, high. It's supposed to be less than 173 um, uh, micrograms per gram, and at mine was 289. So I had a at a pretty high um, markers of inflammation. Understood. And it just goes to show, you know, been in healthcare forever and still there are things that we can find and healing opportunities. And it's something to be, you know, grateful for. I think that's something that all of us as practitioners share. I have never talked to an FDN practitioner that looks at any of their labs as like doom and gloom. They're like excited. Like, look at what I get to work on. Look at what I get to improve myself with next, you know. Um, now, we are a nerdy bunch for sure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's how you have to look at these things. It's like, we should be grateful that we have the technology to find this stuff because this is complicated things. I mean, these are not just things that everyone knows. So I think that's amazing that you found it. And I'm glad that you're able to work on those things. Now, I know that you had said, I mean, pretty, it seems like pretty soon into the FDN course and getting some of these results, you were already seeing improvements in your arthritis. Now, I know you only graduated midway through last year, but like, how is that doing now? Do you still have some progress to make or is it not something um, that really bothers you? And I'm also curious if you did have any other symptoms, how have those been doing? Uh, well, I would say I, I'm about 90%. 
So um, I, I think, um, you know, I can't expect to be perfect right now. And I think I'm still trying to figure out uh, maybe some foods that might exacerbate that maybe did not show up on the MRT that might be exacerbating um, uh, arthritis flares uh, versus just activity. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I, I am much more reliable. Um, uh, before it was, I was, I felt like in a scary place. I mean, I didn't know one minute to the next if I was going to be able to move or I would lock up. And um, I, um, I feel, I mean, I walk daily with my husband. We've been walking, we're um, walking around the ranch here, and it's about four and a half or five miles. We're walking, and so um, I, I, I would say, generally speaking, I have really sort of mastered um, comparatively <laughs> to where I was at um, um, through um, through um, participating in some of the protocols to rebalance my gut and to also um, work on, you know, detoxification and uh, healing my gut um, so that, um, you know, I'm absorbing things better. Uh, my nutrient status, I'm sure, is a lot better. Um, I, I, there's certainly a lot of tests I'd like to redo on it myself. <laughs> Right now, I'm trying to focus on helping other people with testing. So, sure. uh, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, I think it, it is really, like you said, um, FDNs get excited about that because they can actually see the evidence of where they were and um, where they've come to, and they can correlate that with their progress. And so um, I, I really like that part of it. And I think that's so helpful for, for clients. Yeah. The lab tests are awesome. But for people like us, you know, it's very easy to go a little overboard. And you look at the medical director program and FDN, I'm like, well, there's 75 tests there. If I just add all of that up and, you know, I got like 40 grand, I think I should be able to run all of them. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of fun. You know, we want to do all those things. But yes, it's also important to help other people. And that's kind of where I get into my next question, because when we were talking about your bio in the beginning, you have so many certifications. You know, you are a health coach. As in addition to many other things outside of an FDN practitioner, I'm curious, were you actively taking on clients before FDN? Uh, no. So um, I, uh, like I was saying, I, you know, I have, I, I have been in a nurse for 40 years and I was in an uh, administrative role. I was a clinical nurse specialist um, uh, uh, dealing with patients with cancer and pain for many years. And then I was in the sort of um, uh, the director role and senior director roles and managing some of these high-end programs. And um, I had a very, what I'd say, a high-level perspective of, of the continuum of care for, for patients and the frustrations um, and the difficulties of their journey from a psychosocial, financial, emo emotional, everything perspective. And uh, I really thought, you know, as I um, re go look at retiring as a nurse, I would really want to help people not have to get here at the hospital in the first place. And, um, and so this is why functional medicine and the FDN approach became so exciting to me because I, I thought intervening and helping people intervene in their health is really important it's and the key to helping them see where they have opportunity to go. And, and of course, with these tests, they can have evidence of 
and it's not just, you know, well, everybody's got to eat this and everybody's, they can see from an individual expect, uh, perspective where their own healing opportunities are and how they can impact them. And so I think, you know, back to your talking about all these zillion tests that can be run, I think that's the important thing is really getting a clear picture from a person around what their history is, what they're experiencing, and and um, how to help them, you know, through initial testing, but then do they need any additional testing as you do that detective work that may help them really hone in on um, a particular area where it looks where their additional testing might provide some valuable clues. You absolutely um, nailed it. And once again, I mean, I think I've said this a few times, but I just love that you kind of bring so many perspectives to people. I think they're very lucky uh, to be working with you. Now, since you're only just really starting to take on clients, maybe this question doesn't really work here, but it's one we typically ask on the show. So I'll throw it out there. Do you have any clients that you're actively working with yet and have um, you know, maybe had some successes or helped them really move the needle when maybe they were stuck? Or does that not really apply yet since you're relatively new to the coaching side of things? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people tend to, you know, help um, uh, start their journey. I mean, as an FDN, really helping maybe not as, as structured as they would as an FDN by helping family. And so I would say um, that has been sort of my, what do you want to call it, test environment is really trying to figure out um, what I can offer um, to, um, to help others. Uh, that are um, that I know in my world um, uh, move forward in, in their own health journeys. And I think um, it is multimodal. Um, uh, and yes, I, I uh, think that um, it uh, some of this testing has yielded some very helpful um, results and is working to put people on the right track in, in their health. And so I think um, it's a learning experience for them. Um, a surprise to them too is like, wow, I had no idea kind of, kind of thing. You know, maybe they weren't feeling right um, or something popped up in their um, uh, to all of a sudden put them off kilter in their health and they had no clue as to why that was happening. And so um, I think um, the, these um, – these clues that we learn from the lab tests are, can be very important. And it can also help people really um, know, you know, they're not crazy, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. why do I have this symptom? Well, there's a valid reason why you have a symptom. If you find it, you can find it on a, on a lab test. And so sometimes I think that helps ground people in saying, you know, no, they're not making it up in their head. There is something really happening here. And to uh, give them that sort of control to to get on top of that and to fix it um, is, I think, what um, coaching can offer um, to help support the, that person and saying, hey, here's what we found. This looks like it correlates with your symptoms. Here are some of the you know things we can do, um, whether it's diet, rest, exercise. Um, stress management or supplementation to really help you move forward. And oftentimes it's a common, it's a, that combination of things that is tailored to that individual to help them um, move forward. 
Mm-hmm. One thing you had talked about is giving that kind of validation and making people or helping people to realize that it's not all in their heads. I had a wonderful conversation with my acupuncturist one time and we're someone, it's not that we necessarily challenge each other, but we're willing to help each other think deeper about our own perspectives. And he said to me one time, he's like, I love that you do the labs and clearly it helped you. He's like, but do you ever worry that you're scaring people? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, if they find something on their lab that they didn't even realize that they had, don't you think it's bad to put that in their minds? And I said, you know what, Paolo, because that's his name, Paolo. I said, I think you're absolutely right in certain cases. I think there are some people where that absolutely would be true. That's not who we're really talking to at FDN Thrive or FDN in general. We are looking at the people like you and I who have been through this cycle of what we call trial and error, where we're trying these different things, we're going from practitioner to practitioner, and nothing's really working. No, for people like us, when I got results back on the lab test, I'm looking at H. pylori saying like, hell yeah, (laughs) you know, I'm excited about this because I I just want something to work on. And it's a validating experience to know, okay, you know what? I'm being told my whole life I'm having these gut issues for no reason. Sometimes I was ending up in the hospital because my stomach hurt so bad. They're thinking I'm about to get my appendix removed and then they never find anything. And lo and behold, here's H. pylori with the virulence factors. So just one basic example of how these can be very validating for people when they're used appropriately and on the right person. So do you kind of agree that maybe there's two sides to that where yeah, for some people, total hypochondriacs, maybe it's best that they don't know about certain lab things and they don't need it at the time. But for others, like you said, it is validating. I think there's probably a middle ground there, would you say? I think, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, um, it's also important as a coach to help reframe it for people. Um, Just because you have a certain dysbiosis or certain organism, whether it's H. pylori or something else that shows up, it's not a death sentence. You can reframe it to a person as, hey, this is great. We've found this and we can help, right, to rebalance your gut and to help bring this down. And we can retest and see where we're where you're at, right? Um, and so I, I, I think you're right. I mean, some people, maybe this isn't, isn't necessarily cut out for them. And it's, it's probably important for people to know um, this is the detective work and, and they have to be prepared to um, do something about it, right? If, if you know, it's not just about finding what it is, it's about um, then being committed to taking the necessary actions to try to address whatever is found um, to help you move forward. And so people have to be in that mental, mental frame of mind that they want to move forward in their health journey, that they want to learn um, what might be contributing to their symptoms and that they want to do something about it and take those necessary steps to get there. Certainly. I think I couldn't have said that better myself. That's exactly the type of people we're looking for. Um, And I'm sure it's the type of people that you're looking for. So I am curious, a two-part question here. Who is your ideal client? Like who is the person you love to work with and um, are looking to work with now that you are coaching more? And if they are interested, where can they find you? Great. Um, well, so I am actually really interested in, in helping people um, move um, from pain to peace, um, really helping people find out what are the sources of inflammation and pain, helping um, them uh, address 
the root issues of that are causing their inflammation and helping them find the right diet type uh, so that they are then able to control that inflammation and prevent or redu greatly reduce their pain. Um, and so um, th those are kind of the people that I am looking forward um, and, and working with um, and really trying to help them so that they can um, ultimately feel better, move better, and live better, um, whether they have arthritis or some other autoimmune um, disease that is contributing um, to um, their pain. And so where can those people find you? Okay, so um, I am at uh, Peace, P-E-A-C-E, X Peace, P-I-E-C-E, wellnesscoaching.com, piece by piece. And uh, they can find me there. And um, or they can email me at Leslie at Peace, P-E-A-C-E, X Peace, P-I-E-C-E, wellnesscoaching.com. Ooh, clever name. I like it. All right. So it's I have clever, but hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't forget it. So that's good. Um, all right. I have my final question for you today. And this is sure. a simple one, but it's one we like to ask to everyone. And this is always tough, especially someone with your background, because you certainly know that everyone is bio-individual. You referenced that a couple times today, actually. And so with that said, we are just pretending for a second that, you know, Everyone can still benefit from one thing or more people than can than not actually benefit from one thing. And what I'm getting at is if Leslie had a magic wand and you could get everyone on this earth to engage in one health habit or you could get everyone to stop doing one thing for their health, what is the one thing you would get everyone to do or not to do? Well, I think, you know, to say the one thing to do. I think it's really to take charge of your health um, and and to be, you know, you have one body that you're given and to really um, take care of your body and to understand what is good for your body and what isn't good for your body. I think that's the one important uh, thing that I would encourage people to do, that they are in charge of their own health. Um, and... I would say uh, what not to do. Um, I would say not to just um, give up, um, not to just say, oh, I've got, you know, uh, rheumatoid arthritis or I've just um, taken all these pills and everything's getting worse, um, to not give up hope that there is opportunity for you um, to take some control and to be in a better place with your health. Isn't it kind of interesting how even with all of the technical knowledge Leslie has, her biggest tips at the end of this show revolve around mindset. It goes to show how you can read, learn, and study all you want, but if you don't get your mindset right and have a strong reason for why you want to heal, you'll never get to the other side. However, when you know exactly what you want your life to look like and you hold on to that image of you feeling better and well, that right there is what will get you through your journey. Take a second after this podcast to really think about what motivates you. What will your life look like when you finally regain your health? When you are ready, you know where to find us.
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Fallon Morningstar, filling in for one last time for Health Coach Ev. If you would be so kind, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps make sure more and more people get this information so that they can help make more informed decisions when it comes to their health. We are looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.